Awesome. So I'm here chatting with Jimmy Whelan, who is currently in quarantine in Sydney, but fresh back from the Jira a week ago. So how how's the food at, in quarantine for you? Like you said, you just said that you're at the Hilton. So what did, what's the last thing that you had to eat or drink there? It's um, a bit of a different setup to what I'm used to. We are, uh, yeah, I think there's maybe 200 people here at the Hilton um, in quarantine. And we're pretty fortunate. We have the, uh, the restaurant that's part of the Hilton providing the food for us. So um, the food's actually been really good. Um, yeah, it's been a really good standard. I've heard other horror stories of uh, people having to eat airplane food for two weeks, essentially. But um, the food here is, is nice. It's restaurant standard food. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice to be eating well. Um, yeah, you, makes it a little bit easier. Do they deliver um, it to your room or do you have to go? You, you can't leave your yeah. room, presumably. No, no, no. So I can't leave my room. So at 8 o'clock, 12 p.m. and 6 p.m., uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner is knocked on my door in a cardboard box. Um, and then I grab it, open the door, grab it. And that's the only time I see human life is the security guard two doors down. Um, <laughs> and the portion yeah. sizes, how are the portion sizes compared yeah. to what you'd normally have to eat? Uh, well, they're actually appropriate to what I'm doing right now, which is just laying down in bed watching Netflix all day, every day. Um, so the portion sizing is, is quite small, but it's actually appropriate for what I'm doing right now. Um, but if I was riding or riding yoga here, I'd almost need triple the amount of food, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, were, if you were stuck on a desert island, like what sort of foods, like, can you not live without that you, foods or drinks, could you not live without normally? I'm a big yogurt man. Yeah. Um, eggs, fish. If I'm on a desert island, I could probably try and find fish. But um, yeah, I, yeah, big fan of eggs, fish. Yeah, they're probably my biggest three. Um, and oats. Yeah. And oats. Oats. Uh, oats is my main fuel source when I'm training. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're probably my top four. Okay. And, oh, and blueberries too. I'm a big fan of blueberries. Like fresh uh, or frozen or both? Uh, fresh on... No, it depends. Both, I guess, yeah. I really like frozen berries during summer. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the Giro, so you just got back from the Giro and that was your first, that was your first Grand Tour. Like how, how did you find that? Yeah. I mean, um, it was a new experience in so many ways, physically, uh, I guess from a nutrition standpoint, it was really uh, interesting to see how my body would cope, uh, whether my current processes of, of eating was appropriate for, for three weeks, whether I could sustain you know, good gut health, um, whether I could like, uh, I don't know the technical word for it. I'm sure that like when uh, you like maintain your appetite. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, one thing I learned was. Your, did you find your appetite changed at all? Uh, no, I found that a lot of the chef on our team said a lot of riders usually struggle in the last week to like enjoy eating or just to want to eat in the first place. Like it becomes quite um, lethargic and quite annoying to have to eat so much every day. Um, but I actually found that uh, with the right foods, I was able to have a healthy relationship with food. 
um, whilst I was racing, which was actually really good. But um, I kept it pretty simple. Um, yeah, mostly rice, eggs and avocado. And then uh, if I wanted to change it up a little bit, I'd have a little bit of oats. Um, That's for maybe, breakfast, like before the race, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So the pre-race meal would always be rice, eggs, avocado, oil, salt and pepper. Um, and if I was feeling like I wanted a bit of flavour on top, I'd put sriracha on it. Um, <laughs> but that was a pretty common theme amongst the riders, um, not, not only within our team, but every other team too. Rice is... Uh, pretty universal like it can serve you pretty well on a grand tour um in terms of yeah just not making you too bloated with the amount of carbs we need to eat um and yeah keeping it simple with the proteins easy to digest um but uh yeah we still had a really like a, a really big variety of food for dinner um you know good proteins veggies um then so on the climbing stages, you had more of the vegetables in the evenings and bits and pieces. Yeah, in the evening. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, there's some guys that actually just go low on vegetables for the whole Grand Tour. Um, they try and just try and get the main key macros in um, and they'll take supplements to try and uh, boost their other nutrients that they not, might not be getting because they're eating less vegetables. Um but there was a lot of days, the amount of climbing that we had on some days, like the night before we would do the low residue diet as well. Yeah. Um, so we'd have a, a juice blender that would do um, our greens for us. So we didn't have any fiber, so we could drink it. Um, and then, uh, cause you didn't really want to be stripping back too much on the nutrients cause that's when you start getting sick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it just, not only for myself, but just uh, observing what the other riders were, were eating. Um, and there's, yeah, not one way to, to go around. There's not like one right answer. Um, it's very individual. Oh, 100%, um, I suppose. And then part of that is then figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And did you, because yeah. um, like, what were you eating during during each of the stages? Did that change like throughout the week or did you do different things on different days? Yeah, it depended on the type of stage um like i mean there weren't many flat days where it was quite easy in the bunch um but typically uh there's a few stages where we might have 100k that was t kind of chill um and i'd make sure that i wouldn't eat gels during that period i'd eat uh whole foods so bananas or even just the rice cakes um but uh yeah most of the duro was i felt like it was so hard and so intense for so much of it that i was eating gels most of the time just because it's so easy on the stomach uh fast to absorb and um it's e it's also easy just to quantify what you're putting in and therefore whether you're consuming the right amount yeah. um like how many so how many gels would you have on a stage basically per hour say a moderately intense hour i try and have maybe three gels but um i'd usually try and do maybe two gels and a rice and a and a bar or a rice cake. Um, yeah, I'd usually try and steer clear of the muesli bars, and uh, I'd actually just try and stick with bananas, rice cakes, and gels. I just found that was better on my stomach. Um, okay. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the bars they're a lot higher in fat, so they take longer to absorb. And over three weeks. Uh, if you do it every day uh it makes that small difference can uh add up yeah 
So, did you um, did you have any like with with having so many gels? Uh, did you have any times where you had any gut issues or stomach issues from that? No, I was pretty good. Um, I've heard of writers uh, who can't get the amount of gels they need, um, so they almost need to carbo load intensely before they need to really get the carbs in. Um, so they kind of like an hour before their real efforts, uh, they've got to make sure that they're not in any sort of uh, deficit just to make sure that they can do the intense effort. But I'm, I'm pretty good. I have a pretty good stomach in terms of that. I can um, cope with just about anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, which is good. good. Did you, like, when you got home um, from from the Jiro, were there any foods that you were then craving that you just couldn't wait to be able to eat again once you finished? Yeah. I mean, it was funny. We we kind of had a few pizzas on the second last day before the, the final time trial because we didn't have a celebratory dinner um, that evening after the time trial because of COVID, we all had our exit plans and we went our own ways. So we actually had a pretty large dinner the night before the TT um, final time trial. And we had pizza and I noticed like uh, the amount of cheese that was on the pizza. And after eating so clean for three weeks, that really threw my stomach around. Oh, really? And so uh, <laughs> I actually found myself in Girona later that evening, like not that hungry at all because I've just bloated myself with pizza which was amazing but um it was quite a shock to the system yeah but uh yeah I mean I was just looking forward to not being in a hotel more than anything um just oh, yeah imagine. yeah it's, it's just also just cooking for myself is one of the nicest things after yeah. a grand tour I found after doing nothing for three weeks other than riding a bike it was nice to kind of feel like a I don't know an adult again I guess yeah, yeah. So you like, yeah, being able to not have to rely on other people to feed you. Yeah, which uh, which during the Grand Tour is absolutely necessary. But when you come home, it's it's nice to just, yeah, cook, cook some home meals. And, um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I love cooking an omelette at home, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, roasting veggies and fish in the oven, for example. Um, yeah, just the simple things. Yeah. Because what, like, if you if you have no, you don't have the energy to cook, like, what would be your default go-to meal? So, and many people probably don't know that we, we shared a house together, so we lived together. Yeah, house, yeah. Um, yeah. During lockdown for the last for ten months. Yeah. And um, so yeah. I, I have a good I have a good I know what I know what Jimmy eats. I know he eats really really well. Yeah, Gemma has almost all the answers anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to do this behind the scenes uh, knowledge. So <laughs> I, I know what he's some of his default. Um, foods are I know yeah. I, I knew the yogurt was a big thing I knew oats a, a big thing because he'd always be eating oats yeah and chia, chia pudding I got yeah. him on chia pudding as well um, yeah yeah chia puddings are great yeah but um yeah, yeah, what, yeah what would you say is your default like I don't have I don't have to think about what am I going to eat for dinner cooking meal uh, my like lazy man's comfort food when but still healthy is just like eggs on toast with avocado um, just your classic, like your classic Melbourne breakfast, I guess, um, these days. Yeah, pretty simple. Um, and it gets all the macros you need, I guess, um, if I'm training that day or the day after. Yeah, good piece of uh, sourdough. Um, yeah, goes hit, hits the spot usually. Yeah, we, yeah. Used to, we used to get through a lot of bread. Yeah, my bread, shout out my, to, bread intake, my bread intake definitely shot up when I was, when I was sharing the house with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, more than I the eating, but it was good 
one because yeah, one of the other dishes I probably would have said you made a lot was um you had the, like a, yeah, let's say right, roasting vegetables and it'd be just whatever vegetables were in the house yeah. and but particularly either fish or prawns that would um and to make like a big veggie bowl that's probably yeah yeah probably making very frequently that was massive uh, habit that I got into particularly during the quarantine I think maybe six nights a week I'd do the same dinner basically um yeah I'd be training twice a day on the ergo or once a day for a while and then uh yeah it was essentially like a poke bowl with roast veggies um protein and quinoa or rice or yeah I'd always try and like make them look fancy because why not (laughs) well I think that's I think that's one of the things with food like it it, when it looks appealing, it, it just helps with the senses it, and it makes it taste better because it looks better. And so it doesn't really take that long to um, to make it like decorative on a plate. Um, yeah, yeah. I was always like, oh, why don't you cook dinner for me, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it's interesting, like even in this situation here with the quarantine, yeah. like we have reasonably nice food, but it's all in takeaway containers, plastic cutlery. So the first thing I did was I went online and ordered a, a real plate, a real bowl, real cutlery. Yeah. And so every time I get the meals delivered, I put it onto my plate and it makes a world of difference just eating off a plate that's presented nicely versus yeah. what feels like eating out of aeroplane food. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that's, a, that's a really good piece of advice. And because, yeah, I just assumed that they would have given you a plate and a knife and a fork. and um, No, because yeah. they, they wanted everything that goes into the room to be thrown out for COVID protocol reasons. So it makes sense that I just wash my bowl and plate after each meal. Yeah. It's not like I'm uh, struck for time here. So it's a good way <laughs> to add an extra 20 minutes of my day to wash my dishes. Yeah. Um, Very yeah. good. And cause you, cause you came into your, um, before you're a cyclist, you're a runner and like, is there any, big differences that you've found between the way that you feel in training and in racing from when you're running versus now when you're cycling? Yeah. I mean, during high school, uh, I didn't really think about my diet. I was just still eating basically what I was at school, still eating what like mom and dad fed, fed the family kind of thing. Um, but then once I started going to university and started competing at a higher level in running, I did start to play around with my nutrition a bit. Um, but I didn't think about it anywhere near as much as I do with my cycling now, Um, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I think it's maybe like a cultural thing with the sports. Um, I know with runners, even some of the most professional runners, they still eat healthy, generally healthy, but they're they're nowhere near as obsessed with what they eat as some professional cyclists are. So, yeah, I mean, when I was running well as um, in, in my uni days, um, running at national level, um, I didn't think about uh, the specifics of my, whether I was getting the right macros um, before a competition. I was just eating what I thought was correct, but it was never crunching numbers, um, which now that I look back on it, could have been a massive game um, without, yeah. Because you find that you think you're thinking about food and nutrition a lot more now than. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe that's because a cycling event goes for so long and it's such a complex uh, sport to get right from a nutritional point of view um, in terms of like 
energy into play, training the stomach, because it's a pretty extreme thing to do. And then also weight too. Um, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of variables to consider. Um, and But the, the most important thing is just to maintain a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, to wrap up, I've got a, a list of um, would you rather foods. So I want to yep. know, would you rather coffee or tea? Always coffee. Yeah. Well, I, I can yep. vouch for that. Um, wine or beer? Wine. Chocolate or chips? Oh, chocolate. I think, yeah. Um, in a race, would you rather have gels or solids? Solids. Yeah. Still or sparkling water? Sparkling, always. <laughs> Mild or spicy food? I've been getting into the spicy food for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say spicy. It used to always be mild, but now spicy, I think. Yeah. Excellent. Starter or dessert? Starter. Pasta or rice? Rice. Fruit or vegetables? Uh, veggies, yeah. Steak or seafood? Oh, seafood, yeah. And the last one, burger or pizza? Definitely burger. Yeah. Not much of a pizza man. No? Um, Unless no. you're in Italy. Unless I'm in Italy, yeah, exactly. At the end of the but, year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, one thing to add as well. Uh, one thing I really tried to take note during the Juro was uh, not consuming too much caffeine. Okay. Um, so I actually tried to limit myself to maximum two coffees before the race. Um, and sometimes if it was a really important stage where I was having caffeine during the stage, I'd have no coffee in the morning. And um, that was a tip given by or shared by most guys saying that uh, it's easy to drink too much coffee during a grand tour. And then if you load that up with caffeine during the race, it can actually throw you off a lot. So it was interesting. Um, really trying to like not taper back on my caffeine intake because yeah. typically you have one at breakfast and then uh you'll have one if you when you go up to your room um and then maybe you'll have one on the bus and then you'll have one before you start and then you've had four coffees every morning and that's not good for you um and then so you that's one thing as well gels, then a couple of caffeine gels and then, and you yeah, buzz exactly. all night yeah yeah and even like you you choose your stages when to have the caffeine gel because You'd be having the caffeine gel at 5 p.m. And essentially, if you have that gel, it's good because you're going to feel better in the race, but you're going to, um, yeah, it'll sacrifice your quality of sleep that night. Um, so, yeah, that's one one extra thing. Yeah, no, go good, on good, good tip to think about, like, yeah. what not just what you're doing today, but also what are you doing tomorrow and how does what you do today affect tomorrow? Yeah. And I can also talk about the hydration as well, if you want. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, of course, go ahead. Like, Yeah, so our team doctor every morning, um, before we went down to breakfast, we'd have a little, like this little pea pot thing. We'd have to provide, um, yeah, a sample, and he would do our hydration levels every morning, and we would monitor throughout the race. Um, and it was pretty crazy how dehydrated you get without realising. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty interesting just to see for the first time uh, how dehydrated I probably have done so many stages previously in other races. Um, yeah, so did you I really decide to then change how you were drinking throughout the stages? 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing was just drinking water in the morning. I would usually never have water. I wouldn't think about it. Just having a cup, like a re- like a big glass of water for breakfast, and then on the bus before the stage, you have uh, a bottle with a salt tab, and you do that every stage, and that kind of sorted me out. Um, yeah. But there's some guys that have to starting hydrated rather than starting dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there was a few hot. I mean, in the jury, it wasn't that hot, that hot for the last two weeks, but the first week it was hot in Sicily, so it was important to stay on uh, on top of our hydration. Um, but yeah, awesome. Um, cool. cool. Thank you very much for your time. It was good having a chat with you. So, and we'll no catch up with you next time. Cool. Thanks. Cheers.